Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hello, I'm Blair Bathory, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Whether this is your first time or you're one of the brave souls who join us every week. Winter is a frigid dark time, a good excuse to stay bundled up inside and out of bad weather's way. But there are those cruel and twisted enough who won't be stopped by a little cold or snow. In fact, they thrive in it. When most of nature is dead or hibernating, that's when the truly terrible things are alive and well and out to get you. First, a haunting sacrifice followed by screams for help. Finally, in our last story, a snowman made of flesh. Before we get to our stories, I wanted to thank all who have joined our Patreon over the past couple of months. We are so excited to see you all there. Also, check us out on Spotify, and please take a minute to rate and review the podcast. You can pause here and do it right now, or you can do it after you've listened. It's one of the best ways you can help Something Scary continue to grow, and it only takes a minute. We are incredibly grateful for the support of all of our listeners. So, wanna hear something scary? Bone Cold Killer. You may survive a tragedy, but can you live with yourself after all you've done? like in this story inspired by Paloma. When I was younger, I used to love road trips, emphasis on used to because of what happened. When my parents drove, it was easy to take in the beauty of the trees and landscape. I memorized all the back roads and pathways that we navigated from where we lived in and around the mountains. Once I was old enough, I knew that I could easily drive around the roads myself, so you could imagine how happy I was when I got my license. However, one night very recently, I had plans to drive up to the mountains on a road trip to visit my parents and introduce them to my girlfriend, Sarah. The forecast called for a snowstorm, 
and during the winter, the weather was never forgiving. But if you waited for good weather, you wouldn't go anywhere till spring. So we made plans to go, and we were sticking to it. From the moment we got in the car, the trip was a disaster. The old car had a difficult time warming up, and I noticed I had a flat tire. After we got that taken care of and were finally on the road, an odd feeling of nausea overcame me. It was almost as if something wanted to stop me from driving. Someone was urging me to stay home. But how could I? They were my parents, and Sarah was excited to finally meet them. But the situation began to weigh on her. I could see it in her face. I could tell Sarah's superstitious thoughts were starting to creep in. It was obvious that she was nervous. I couldn't tell if it was about driving or meeting my parents. As the unrelenting snow piled up, she said, I think we should just turn back and go home. We can maybe just FaceTime your parents. I told her it wasn't that serious and I was used to driving in bad weather. Plus we were already halfway there. She gave me that worried face and her wrinkled up forehead. What I wouldn't give to see that cute little wrinkled up forehead now. We continued the drive, admiring the view of the snow-capped mountains that were getting larger the closer we got. But after a while, it looked like we passed the same peaks two or three times. I realized that we had been driving for much longer than it should have taken. Were we lost? Did I take the right road? Surely I did. I knew this path by heart, right? I checked my watch. The clock read 5.50 p.m. We left hours ago. We should have been there by now. My grip on the wheel tightened. I tried to use my senses to search for similar spots from my memory. Nothing. It was almost like a looped forest road, a straight path going forever. I was trying desperately now to clue in Sarah that I was, in fact, slightly terrified. While I was trying to take in my surroundings, barely able to see as the light quickly faded, something hit the car. I slammed on my brakes. I turned my head to Sarah, who was just as scared as I was. It was so hard to see, I couldn't tell if a branch had blown down and hit the car or if I hit something. Her head turned to me. Her eyebrows curved into a worried expression. What, what is it? I asked. She said nothing but pointed to the window. She quickly whispered, I whipped my head around to find nothing. There was nothing. I stared for a few seconds until something slammed on my window. I jumped back. Half of the face was peeking up at me, except the eyes were sunk into the head to the point where it was almost pitch black dark there. It lifted a huge paw of a hand with a long finger and sharp nails. It started scraping on my window. Sarah shook me. Drive, damn it! I put my foot on the gas, hoping I could accelerate enough to lose whatever was out there. But it was still there, scraping harder and harder, slamming and pounding on the window so hard that the glass was on the verge of breaking. As I sped through the winding forest road, Sarah was screaming beside me, her eyes wide with terror. I could feel my heart pounding in my chest. The snowfall intensified, making visibility nearly impossible. My mind raced, desperately trying to find a way out of this nightmarish situation. Like we were trapped in some otherworldly loop 
the same scenery repeating itself over and over. Now this, we shouldn't be there. I glanced at Sarah, her face now a mask of pure horror. What is happening? What is that thing? She cried out. I don't know. I shouted back, my hands gripping the steering wheel with white-knuckled intensity. But I knew. I heard stories of it growing up, but I believe they were just urban legends. Tales of a monster, half man, half beast, taking the shape of a demented sort of gorilla, but made of ice. It thrived in the snow, like it was an abominable snowman. The scraping on the window grew louder, more frenzied. It was as if the creature was determined to break through and reach us. In a desperate attempt to shake off the beast, I took a sudden turn onto a narrower path. The forest seemed to close in around us, the trees becoming a claustrophobic maze. But the scraping persisted, the haunting sound echoing through the darkness. As we navigated through the twisted labyrinth of trees, I could sense Sarah's fear escalating. We need to do something, she pleaded. As if on cue, the car's engine sputtered and died. I desperately tried to restart it, but all I got was the click of a failing battery. The headlights flickered and then died out, plunging us into complete darkness. There was a moment of silence. All I could hear was us, breathing heavily. Without warning, the creature outside let out a guttural growl, a sound that seemed to vibrate through the car. I made a split-second decision I shoved the car door open, pulling Sarah out with me. We stumbled into the snow-covered forest and it was close behind. I felt Sarah's hand slowly slip from my grip until it was gone. But I, I didn't stop running. Realization struck me. I was able to break free because a sacrifice was made to the beast. I finally stopped and turned around. They were both gone. My eyes filled with dread as the truth sank in. She didn't even want to be out there in the first place. And I had fulfilled her wish. Have you ever made a sacrifice? Is it something you regret? If you could go back and change your decision, would you? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. 
Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Scary Story Podcast brings original, short, scary stories right to your ears every week. Like Dead of Night, the story of a man who moves into a new apartment building only to discover its sinister foundation. Or another recent one, The Delivery, where a man discovers a family secret hidden in plain sight. Have you ever listened to a scary story that lingers as if it reminds you of a long-lost memory? My name is Edwin Covarrubias, host and writer over at Scary Story Podcast, where every episode brings you a short, original scary story every week. The stories are read just like this, me telling you a frightening story that will blur the lines between this and the world of hauntings, ghosts, experiences that defy logical explanation. You can join us by searching for Scary Story Podcast on your app right now. It's the show by Scary FM. I'll see you over on Scary Story Podcast. Things aren't always what they seem. Sometimes they are much, much worse. Like in this story inspired by Solar 496. The snowstorm was relentless. Several of the homes have been completely buried. One of them was a house belonging to Carter Greenwall's elderly grandfather, Jackson Greenwall. There was no evidence of there ever being a house there. It was completely buried deep beneath the mounds of thick white powder. All that showed was the top of a chimney that still had a thin column of smoke coming from it. The neighbors didn't know anyone was even in the house, but once they noticed the smoke emanating from the chimney, they all understood the weight There were survivors in that house, locked in doors from the torrential downfall of snow. They also knew that as long as the fire burned, he was probably still alive, sending out his literal smoke signal. Carter and his family were alerted that their grandfather was probably still inside. They were furious. It wasn't like him to not alert them when a storm was coming or if he might need help. By the time they arrived, the smoke had been going for quite some time, and the only way that was possible was if someone was feeding it. That gave them hope that he was still alive. Jackson only had so much food, water, and wood in his house, and if he ran out while still trapped indoors, Jackson would die a slow and painful death of starvation and smoke inhalation. Carter and his family began asking around for help, All available, able-bodied neighbors grabbed their shovels to dig out Jackson's house, but it was slow going and taking a long time in the bitter cold. They dug and dug with nothing to use but hand tools. The roads were blocked off by snowfall and they couldn't call in block hose or diggers. The shoveling of the snow took them all the way into the night. Many people had given up, suffering themselves from frostbite. It's so cold. I need to get warm, the voice begged. When Carter finally exposed a window, he smashed it and crawled in. There he saw Jackson, his poppy, sitting in a cross-legged position in front of the fireplace, a fire crackling. 
He walked in behind Jackson. Poppy, Carter exclaimed. Are you okay? If Jackson could hear Carter from his words or the sounds of his footsteps growing louder, he showed no indication that he could. He stayed in front of the crackling fireplace, legs crossed in front of him. Carter stepped closer, reaching his hand out to Poppy's back. Why hadn't Poppy responded? Poppy! Poppy, Jack! Carter cried again, louder this time. Jack, can you hear me? He placed a hand on Poppy's back and instantly screamed in pain, reflexively pulling his hand back. The pain brought him to his knees on the floor. Mist rose from Carter's fingers as his skin turned pale blue. Jackson was cold as liquid nitrogen. When Carter touched him, he finally moved, turning his head around to look at Carter. Jackson's face was bright blue like ice. His eyes were red as blood and unblinking. His typically gray hair was black from smoke. It contrasted with his teal skin as he slowly snarled, showing his teeth. Carter was still on the floor, his hand frozen numb, looking in terror at Poppy's vacant glare. This was not his grandfather. This creature in the form of his Poppy snarled at him. His mouth twisted into a look of rage. As Carter turned to run, Poppy waved his hand and the tunnel to the window filled up with snow. Running to the door, Carter tried to grip the handle with his hand that wasn't injured, but it was useless. The lock was frozen shut, sealing him inside. Jackson reached toward Carter, his furious expression never fading. Jackson's hand slammed under Carter's face. Carter screamed in pain as the icy skin pressed against his flesh. Jackson pressed down harder, letting the intense cold course into Carter's blood, freezing it in his veins. His screaming turned to gasps as he felt his heart slow. His mind grew numb and his limbs froze. Unable to move, he could only stare at his poppy as the fluid in his body rapidly froze. Carter's skin turned blue as mist rose from every orifice in his body, and Jackson smiled. Carter's frozen body was found in the empty house. His death was explained as extreme hypothermia. To this day, nobody knows what happened to Carter and how he froze from within the house. They also assumed that Jackson wasn't in there. The official report says Jackson must have fled during the storm, leaving a ton of the wood in the fireplace. The home remains empty to this day, but some say they can still see plumes of smoke coming from the chimney and a soft voice from inside begging for warmth. Have you ever worried so much about someone that you had to do something to help? Were you actually helping or making the situation worse? Do you know anyone who died a mysterious death? Sometimes the thing you should fear most is lurking right next door, like in this story inspired by Maggie. In the frigid air of a small college in New Brunswick, Canada, tragedy struck the hearts of those who called it home. As winter break approached, students eagerly prepared to head home for visits and go on vacations, blissfully unaware of the horror that awaited them. On a particularly cold day, 
one of the maintenance women went about her routine of shoveling snow on the basketball courts. At the time, the campus was a pristine white landscape covered in snow and still untouched by devastating events. It was then that she stumbled upon a snowman looking somewhat abandoned out in the cold. At first glance, it appeared like your average snowman, but upon closer inspection, her heart froze with terror. The snowman's limbs were not the usual twig and branch creations. They were unmistakably human arms and legs now covered in a light powder. She immediately dialed 911. The investigation that followed revealed the limbs belonged to four girls, Victoria, Leah, Allie, and Diane. They were all roommates in the athletic dorm. The atmosphere on campus grew intense as authorities guessed that the perpetrator lurked on campus hiding among the students and staff. With one week remaining until the winter break, the detectives were working overtime to try and solve the case before students left and with them, evidence. In a desperate bid to gather information, investigators established a page on the school website where people could anonymously report any clues, promising a monetary reward for valuable leads. Among the submissions, Layla, a seemingly outcast girl, posted a chilling account. She described a vivid nightmare on the night the girls disappeared, recounting the surreal sight of Victoria crawling down the hallway using only one arm while clutching one of her severed legs with the other. According to Layla, Victoria had called for help before inexplicably freezing and silently retreating. Despite Layla's testimony, Skepticism surrounded her words. When she was ultimately interviewed, she admitted it all took place late at night and she was under the influence of alcohol. Days passed and the campus atmosphere transitioned to the anticipated winter festival. The event, usually a joyous affair, featured various performances from the science teacher's mesmerizing experiments to the music teacher's festive songs about Christmas trees, snowmen, and presents. Following the concert, there were a few more tips left on the Clues website. One was Layla, who once again surfaced on the page, pointing a finger at the music teacher, Mr. Blank. She wrote, I noticed that the music teacher sang a song called Snowman. I think he is the murderer, Layla asserted. But another tip pointed a finger toward one of the girl's ex-boyfriends, who apparently had a large amount of her clothes. With that classic stalker behavior, it was enough for detectives to take him in for questioning. The case seemed to be cracked, and the students were relieved to hear they could finally return to some type of normal. However, the following day, a grim sight awaited some of the students as they passed the basketball court. In the pristine snow, a replica of the first horrifying snowman emerged. But this time, the head was not a snow creation, it was the real head of Layla, staring lifelessly at her fellow classmates. The nightmare has not ended. It had merely taken a darker turn, leaving the college and its students haunted. As the news of Layla's gruesome fate spread, fear gripped the remaining students. The once festive atmosphere of the campus now bore a heavy burden of dread. Whispers echoed through the hallways and students avoided the basketball courts fearing the emergence of another grotesque no-man. 
The authorities intensified their efforts to unearth the truth and true identity of this cold-blooded killer. The investigation took a sinister turn as they delved into Layla's background, searching for connections to the victims and the music teacher. Rumors spread like wildfire, each one more terrifying than the last. Some claimed Layla had made a pact with an otherworldly entity, while others believed she was a vengeful spirit seeking justice for the murdered girls. As the investigators struggled to separate fact from fiction, the college became a breeding ground for paranoia and mistrust. Friends turned on friends, and the once close community cracked under the weight of fear. The snow-covered campus transformed into a desolate landscape. One fateful night, a group of brave students gathered in secret, determined to uncover the truth and put an end to the curse that had befallen their college. Armed with flashlights and nerves, they ventured to the basketball courts to wait for a killer. The air was thick with tension as they cautiously approached the spot. To their horror, the snowman had already returned, its ghastly presence casting a shadow in the moonlight. As they circled the monster, they noticed the snow beneath it was stained with fresh blood. The killer could not be far behind. They split up and spread out. It was difficult to see in the dark, but one student tracked some bloody footprints in the crystal white snow. The footprints led directly to Mr. Blank, the music teacher. Not expecting the company, he did a sloppy job of covering his tracks that night. After trying to attack and kill the student who tracked him, he was discovered by a group of them. He was caught. The mystery was over. It came out that he held a grudge against the head coach and all the athletes for getting the funding the music program couldn't. He thought if they could get rid of their top tier players, they wouldn't get so much attention. Layla, a perceptive, quiet music student, figured it out. Her death was just collateral damage. Despite the killer being in jail, the wintertime always cast a dark cloud over the campus in New Brunswick. And the unspoken rule is, no one will build a snowman on campus ever again. Has anything possibly supernatural ever happened on your school grounds? Was the mystery ever solved? Tell us your story by sending us an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. This week's podcast stories were edited by Sarah Lukasiewicz, narration by Blair Bathory, audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris, additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman, produced by Anna Villalobos, executive produced by Gail Gilman, music by Sapphire Sindalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that 
and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.